Hi everyone and welcome to the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host Dan. Today's a very exciting episode for me as we reach our episode number 100. Finally made the century. It's taken a while. This podcast now been running for three years and I'm pretty excited to really share with you five key strategies that I've learnt along the way for creating lifelong learners. These are probably the five most important things, I think, maybe. Uh, You probably could have asked me to make a list of 100 things and I would fill that up too, but these are the five that I think really stand out for me for what we need to be doing as teachers to help our students become lifelong learners. Now, with this episode, I am also going to be giving away a free copy of my book that has been released. It is called Work Less, Teach More, How to Be an Effective Teacher and Live a Life You Love. It is currently available on Amazon if you want to buy your copy, but if you'd like to try and win a copy, you can head over to teacherspd.net slash 100 and you'll land on a page where you can enter the competition and I'll be giving one away and posting it out to you if you win. Well, today our five key strategies I'm going to be looking at. One, number one is students must have a why. The second one is going to be focusing on the learning and not the teaching. The third one is for us to focus on teaching the skills for learning and not the content. Uh, Number four is going to be care less about assessment and results. And the fifth one is about how the brain adapts to how we use it. Uh, So we're going to go through each of these in a bit more detail, but I don't want to make this episode too long, so we'll work on keeping it at a reasonable length here. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll just end up blabbering on the whole time. So number one, students must have a why. I think this this is number one for me because it is... The first thing you have to do, I think, is you need to make sure that students have an answer in class to why are we learning this. They need to have an idea of why they want to learn, where it's going to get them. It's the idea of having goals for your learning, but it's the students' goals that matter most. It's not about our goals that we set for them. Uh, I think it's important for us to set goals as teachers, but I think it's even more important for our students to actually have some kind of vision for where they want to go and what they want to be achieving, and then for us to link what they're learning in class to those goals and those those whys for them. So basically, without a why, your students, they're not going to be motivated, they're not going to be willing to actually do the work of learning, and this is the problem. See, in classrooms, we can't make students learn. You know, we can do all the things we can to try and make them learn, and but in the end, really, learning is up to the student. It's their choice whether they put in the effort and learn something or if they choose to turn off and not bother. And so having a why is one of the really key things to helping our students to get motivated and actually do the learning that you want them to do or to do the learning that they want to do. And so that's the most important thing for me, I think, because without that, if there's no why, if there's no willingness to learn, then really anything else that we do is not going to be helpful because they don't want to learn, they're not interested in learning, and that results in no learning because they're the ones who actually have to do the learning. Our number two is to focus on the learning and not the teaching. So what I mean by that is for us to actually 
focus on whether or not the student is learning what you want them to learn or even whatever they are learning even. But for to constantly be checking for that and to be building on that learning. Don't just teach the content and then tick the box in your program or in your unit of work to say, yes, I taught that. Yes, I taught that. I mean, it's great that you've taught that, but you could have taught everything and the students could have learnt nothing. So for us as teachers, we need to be focusing on whether or not the students are learning stuff and always go back to where they are and build upon that. Because if you're not building upon what they already know, then they, they, it's, it limits what they can learn. So you, you can't learn stuff that doesn't connect with what we already know. And so it's important that we are constantly focusing on the learning and not just focusing on the fact that we've taught something, actually focusing on how the students are going with their teaching. So an example here, is to have students tell you how they're going. You know, what do they think they know well? What do they think they don't know well? What do they think? What do they want you to help them with? Uh, maybe you then can help them discover what to do next. So not necessarily telling them what to do next, but actually getting them to start to think about what do they need to do to learn the next thing. Which really leads me into our third um, key thing here for creating lifelong learners. And that's to teach the skills for learning and not the content. So I'm currently reading The Learning Power Approach by Guy Claxton. It's a fantastic book. And one of the things he really goes on about is the need for us to be teaching students the skills for learning. And, you know, this is, comes up with the learning dispositions, uh, that's a, your soft skills, your those all that kind of stuff is – the what we're talking about here. So you want to use the content that you're teaching to develop the skills and you want to focus on the skills that you're teaching. So the content is there. Yes, you know, your government systems will tell you that you have to teach particular bits of content, but it's more important for us to teach the students the skills that are needed to learn the content. And so as teachers, we want to start checking for skill development in our students, make sure that they know, you know, if there's a problem in front of them, that they should know three or four different ways of attacking that problem. If there is a limit to where they're up to and they they can't work out what's next, you can start to ask them questions. You know, what do you think you should do to find out what to do next? What is the next aspect, the next step for your learning and where you want to go? You, know, you can link things to their why to their future goals and stuff and you can link things back to what they already know but you want them to start to think about what is next so an example to really help you to to help the students to develop their skills is to always ask students what they are going to do about not knowing or not being able to do something so this could be even in PE you know if a student is struggling to pass a ball accurately you could ask them well what could you do to improve this so that the next time you pass, you do it accurately? And so you're getting the kids to think through the the problem that's in front of them and to identify what to do next. You can do this in science. If they're struggling to understand a concept, you say, well, okay, you, you're not understanding this bit of the content. What can you do to learn that? And then get them to come up with the ideas of, you know, it might be as simple as rereading something, finding a video on YouTube that explains it, or 
come up with an experiment to test it to see if they can get a better idea of how it's working or something that's a model that shows them how it works. You know, it's not necessarily you doing that. You want to get the students to work out what's next for them. You can also ask them how they're going to solve the problem that's in front of them or what process will they use to learn the next bit of content that's coming up so that you don't have to sit there and come up with all the great ideas of how to learn something. You can actually ask the students, what what are you going to do to learn the next thing? And that helps them to develop the skills they need when they leave school to identify what they need to do next with their learning when there's no one there to tell them what to do next. Because one thing that school systems and teachers can do to students is that we save them too often. We too often are telling them what to do next. We're giving them the feedback, oh, you don't understand this, go and do this so that you can understand it. Whereas you might actually say, this is something you're struggling with, what might you do to improve that? And then get them to think through those processes. I think it's a fantastic thing to do with your students to get them to constantly think about how they're going to improve their, their own learning. Number four is for us as teachers to care less about assessment and results. So this is basically our system of schooling is really set up poorly in a lot of countries where it focuses very heavily on the mark a student gets or the grade that you give them. So, you know, did they get an A? Did they get 96%? Did they get 40%? And I think... We focus too much on that and we, care, it's not, and we care too much about that. And that's not just a school thing. I think that's a, a societal thing where we, as a society, we focus a lot on the grades and the marks that students are getting and that's what people care about. But we shouldn't be caring about that. We should be focusing a lot more on things outside of grades and marks and we need to train our students to care more about other things as well because success does not require a mark or a grade it just requires an attitude and a skill right it's about the willingness to keep learning that resilience that gets developed it's about the skills that are needed to do the learning and learning those learning skills and so I think that is way more important than the assessment and the results and that's why I encourage teachers to focus on the learning and not focus on the teaching of the content. It's not about trying to get through all the content that might be in the exam. It's actually about the students learning things and particularly learning how to learn. Because assessment assessment does not always show the learning that's happening either. That, that's one of the, the big problems with assessment is that quite often you know, we, we can have a student who knows things really well and is really great at things but then in the exam struggles because maybe they're not a great writer or maybe they uh, find reading difficult and so it's slow for them so they takes them longer to work out what the question's asking but in real life when they've got unlimited amount of time they can work it out and they can answer it and they're fine so it's time for us to find more ways to know what our students are capable of So an example for you is a student who has poor writing skills may actually know how to create amazing stories. So rather than ask them to write all these amazing stories, you could ask them to share a story, maybe one about their life or something that they really care a lot about and just sit there and listen to their stories. I mean, if you go and hang out with students in the playground when you're on duty or something and you listen to the stories that they tell each other, you might suddenly realize, oh, they actually are, have amazing storytelling skills. 
but it doesn't come through in the creative writing that I ask them to do because maybe they're not interested in the particular thing that you're asking them to be creative about. <laughs> so making sure that we care less about assessment and about their results and teaching our students to care less about that and that's actually focusing more on the learning that's happening and the skills that are being developed. Number five for helping students become lifelong learners, for me this is this is really I just find it so interesting this this, this idea that so the brain adapts to how it's used and for me you know, as a PDHPE teacher uh, and I did exercise sports science at uni and stuff and I worked in rehab for a little bit before I became a teacher I used to train people who had strokes to walk again and seeing the way the brain is so adaptable and it just changes according to how we use it and that leads into things like you know growth mindsets and all that kind of stuff and I think it's so important for us to teach our students that intelligence is not set. It's not just are you smart or you're dumb and it's how you're born and you're limited by that. No, your brain will change according to how you use it. You can completely change what, like even your IQ tests, like you can easily change the result you get in your IQ test by working really hard as a learner and developing your skills as a learner and learning lots of new things and then suddenly your IQ test will give you a greater result just because you've worked hard in the art of learning. And so teaching our students that if just because someone at some point in your life made you feel like you were dumb or maybe even told you you were dumb doesn't mean you are. You don't have to be dumb. You can change how you are and become you know, a, a smart or whatever you, <laughs> I don't know what they, you want to call it, but it's just teaching students that actually they can grow their brain. They can, they can use their brain and the more they use it, the stronger it gets, the better their learning becomes. And suddenly they can become the kid who gets seen as smart, but it's just because they've actually started putting in the work. And for some of them, you know, they've got to put in a lot more work. They've got a lot more catch up to do than the kids who have been working and learning their whole life because they had parents who were getting them to do that their whole life. So I think it's really important for us as teachers to explicitly teach students how to learn and to get them to practice learning in order to develop their brain and their learning power. I think it's it's so important for them to see this whole growth mindset idea that they're not limited in any capacity other than their own. Like they're only limited by the choices that they make. So if they choose to work hard, to go and find what they need to find and to go through the process of learning, then they will grow their brain. They will become much better learners through that. So as an example, uh, you could explain to students how to read for understanding. You could explicitly train them in how to do that and then get them to start reading more for understanding. And you can be demonstrating this to them every time you read something. You can say, hey, look, I'm reading this this section of the website or this section of a textbook or I'm reading this novel. And the way that I look for key pieces of information are, you know, maybe this thing repeats itself or the textbooks put this term in bold and I'm reading through the headings to make sure that I get the key pieces of information. And you're understanding which bits are not important. So how do you identify the bits that aren't important 
for the actual key pieces of learning and teaching our students how to do that, how to read for understanding. I think it's something that's really key for our students to learn, but it's just so good, this whole idea of neuroplasticity and how our brains change according to how we use it. So if students start using their brains for learning, then their learning power will massively grow. Now, that's my five key things I think that we need to really be focusing on to shift the learning in our classrooms and to focusing on creating lifelong learners with our students. Now, a couple of just little bonus things here. I want to mention a couple of books that I think you would probably enjoy to go read if you're into this kind of stuff. So the first one is to go and check out The Learning Power Approach, which is a book that I've nearly finished now by Guy Claxton. I've really enjoyed that. I think actually most things that Guy Claxton has written, he's got the whole stuff, probably got, I don't know, around 10 books that are on this kind of thing, the the learning power, which is really kind of like a growth mindset about how your brain can grow and teaching students how to learn. And I think that's really, he's got some really great resources for that. I'm also currently enjoying a book called Limitless Mind. Uh, sorry, not called Limitless. It's called Limitless. It's by Jim Quick. Uh, and he talks about the mind, motivation, and the method. So your limitless mind in the fact that it can grow and stuff. Uh, we need motivation for learning and we need a method for how we learn. And when we bring the three of them together, that's when we become limitless in terms of what we can do with our learning, what we can do then applying that learning to all the aspects of our life. So they're two really great things. So Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, and his book Limitless, and then Guy Claxton and his stuff on the learning power approach. Now, if you're a teacher and you are also struggling with work-life balance or you're just feeling constantly busy and overworked, I want to encourage you to go and check out my book, which is Work Less, Teach More, how to be an effective teacher and live a life you love. It talks about how you can reduce your workload while still having the impact on the students that you want to have, but also having a life outside of school, which is something that I think a lot of teachers really need. And for a lot of them, they feel like it's this far off dream, but you are only limiting yourself if that's your approach. You need to decide it is possible. Come and check that out. And of course, if you wanted to enter the competition to win a copy of my book, please head to teacherspd.net slash 100. And that really brings us to the end of this episode. So that's episode 100. So excited to have reached the full century mark. Uh, That is amazing. If you enjoyed this episode, if you got something out of it, I would love to hear from you. You can come and follow me uh, on Instagram. I'm at danjacksontpd. I'd love to hear from you there. You can send me messages and stuff. Or you can come and, I don't know, leave a comment on the blog or whatever at teacherspd.net slash 100. Please make sure that you hit the subscribe button and make sure that you come back to listen to the next episode. In the next episode, I'm going to be interviewing one of my friends from South Africa, Lindsay, and she is an amazing educator. She's going to be having a chat to me about how we can help students become lifelong learners and I can't wait to share that with you. So make sure you subscribe, come back and join me and thanks for listening to this. I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll chat to you again next time.